0: You are listening to prickly and blooming brought to you by la joy society and now your hostess jesse browning all right, all right all right
1: in and out ready let's do three more guys are like god we are striving not to hear your breath in this microphone what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) hi friends did we all take breaths i did that because i watched an instagram story today from my friend and she said you know take 10 breaths while watching this instagram story of water flowing like a a brook and i i did it and i was like oh we're gonna do that on an intro We're going to take some breaths. We didn't do 10 because I felt like that would get excessive, but I hope you did four. I didn't feel real good in my breaths. Has anybody ever done this or not had this moment when you started yoga? I did years ago and was like, oh, I can't breathe. If you know what I'm saying, you get it. And if you don't, you're like, what do you mean you can't breathe? Okay. So there's breathing like perfunctory, you know, to keep going. And then there's like conscious breath. I had no idea how to do conscious breath and I'm struggling with it again. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm not really there. So I'm taking time to work on it. I've been a little stressed out lately. It even came out physically in my body last week. So breathe in, breathe out. Okay. Enough about my, my breath. (laughs) my conscious breathing habit or my conscious breathing skills that are slipping or have slipped. (laughs) Let's talk about this week. We're going to meet Angie this week and in our communications before we recorded, Angie said to me, which was so wonderful. She said, I don't know that those who were raised in a chaotic, traumatic, you know, childhood where chaos reigned ever really had a plan. You know, there's never really a plan. It was always just about survival and I was like, yes, that's a really important point. You know, when when there are children that are just trying to get through like the days and eat and, you know, like there's, there's no plan. It's just survival. And I think that the, there is a point though, and it, it's a different prompt. It's more... Um, And you get to a certain age, and I think that's what happened with Andy, where she's like, this can't be my life, you know? And so that's more of her moment. She said, you know, there there was never a plan, so it was hard to say this wasn't the plan because the plan was so basic, you know? It was survival coming from, you know, a chaotic uh, childhood. So anyway, I just wanted to highlight that she said that, and I was like, yeah, no, I get it, I get it. There's a certain amount of privilege in having a plan but there's definitely there's a there's a point you know that Angie said like this this can't be my life. Her story is so relatable and we're going to meet her and we're going to hear it and we're all going to be like by a campfire hanging out with Angie like next week right cuz cuz we all want to be your best friend. I do. <laughs> she is so much fun. Oh, she's so much fun. Okay. So Just real quick before we jump over and before I send it over, you know, to Angie and I, let's remember to rate the show. (laughs) Okay. Bye everyone. Hey Angie. How's it going? Here we are. I'm here with Angie. Hi. Hi. So we always start with just a little like, let's tell us a little bit about yourself before you tell us a lot of bit about yourself. <laughs> okay. So what is there to know about you before we hear your story?
0: Uh, my name is Angie Sparks. I am mm-hmm. 38 years old. I'm from California originally. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I uh, escaped the, uh, <laughs> the upbringing in Modesto, California, that I had. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, went to university in Hawaii. I was really fortunate oh, very cool. to have mm-hmm. um, been supported by a nonprofit to live and go to school and work in Hawaii for seven years. Moved back to California. I'm now living in the North Bay uh, where we flee fires seasonally and where we pay exorbitant <laughs> amounts of rent.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. What that's is that the new tour, like slogan for the Chamber of Commerce? Like we flee.
0: Yeah, they didn't buyers. they didn't hire me. <laughs> they didn't go they didn't <laughs> take that. <Huh? laughs> I you know I'm a marketer by trade but <laughs> <laughs> they didn't go for that. one? They really did
1: not. <laughs> Can't imagine why. But it's like, like wine and and
0: Wine country <laughs> and flames. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I live. Uh, it's actually well, it's been a it's been a big part of my life in the last several years. Mm-hmm. So it's not just my internal crucible, but the external <laughs> ones as yeah. well. Yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we had a
1: um the beginning of the season, there was um a, a story about a house fire and how, you know, forged by fire her the change in her life, truly. I'm so excited um to chat with you this afternoon and I'm Angie and I just started talking briefly about it and I was like, what am I doing? Let's start. Let's just start recording because this is what we need to be talking about. So we structure our our episodes around a moment that things started to change. You know, I call it the just not this moment or this can't be my life or this wasn't the plan. Just all of those, you know, kind of euphemisms for like fuck, something's got to change. <laughs> right? So <laughs> what? what's, take us, take us into like this little moment that you can remember, like a little vignette looking back of like, this is where things started to shift for you.
0: So, I mean, I can say in a, in a large, in a mm-hmm. larger picture, uh, when I realized I needed to divorce, that things started to change. But uh, mm-hmm. for a couple of years leading up to that, I had I had emotionally been in this place where I was feeling very vulnerable and I was trying to fix things. I was coping the shit out of my life.
1: <laughs> and I was coping the shit I, out of my life, I, I love was, it. I was and
0: I every coping mechanism was just falling and falling and falling mm-hmm. down and I was I was doing them. I'm a very skilled copist. But <laughs> I love it but they weren't working and like it was two mm-hmm. years of just this long-term coping and I was trying to figure out in all of that like what is the problem Am I not eating right? Am I uh, having... Not exercising spray? enough. Is it my birth right? control? Is it my... Uh, you know, oh, like it was big, yeah. It was a full gamut of things. And I had like lined every one of them up and like test, 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 test. test. Everything was fine. And the, obviously the one thing I wasn't testing was, <laughs> is it my fucking marriage? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was. Um, and yep. that was a that was a difficult realization, a realization. to come mm-hmm. to. And, you know, it, it has its own story. But I I can drill it down, and I remember this moment, and I always will. My second child, he was uh, two, three at the time, and he was a difficult kid, just not really into sleeping or not crying, or you know, he always had to be on me. He was just, he struggled a lot, he had night terrors, just the whole gamut, and um, I could see that he had needs, like, oh, he Mm -hmm. needs to wrestle every day, and Dad wasn't Mm -hmm. going to do it, so Mom wrestles every day with him. This particular Mm -hmm. day, um, we were having a fine afternoon, except I was in a space where I was in the grips of something Mm -hmm. scary, and Mm -hmm. like I said, I couldn't figure it out. And I was literally collapsed on the floor next to my son, and I had tears, and I couldn't figure out a reason for it. They're just there was something going on and he had his favorite blanket and he pulled it up around me Mm -hmm. and he was rubbing my back and here he is like two or three and my then husband is walking down the hall saying hey family let's go for a walk and that was the moment where it's like oh my gosh he is willfully not seeing these things that I have been telling him and he just wants to breeze right through and gloss over it and here, my two-year-old, three-year-old son mm-hmm. can see it and feel it. And if I stay, he will become his father. Every little sweetness and every little sensitivity in him was going to disappear because he would learn from his father to mm-hmm. not Breathe. Yeah. Just, just, Through and not care, Mm -hmm. and that was the moment. Obviously, Mm -hmm. many more things happened since then, but
2: uh,
0: that was the one in which I I realized this is what two years of grief has meant. It's my marriage. Mm -hmm. Now I love to rewind the tape. I like to call it. How did you get there? You
1: know, like what got you to that moment? like what can you identify of like, I, I don't even want to suggest, you know, things. <laughs> I like to, I like to people be like, well, since then I've realized that, you know, yeah. the my perfectionist tendencies, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so t- remind us, take us back now. Um, How'd you get to there?
0: At that point, I had been married almost seven years. Um, mm-hmm. I'd been with my then husband for almost 10. We met when I was 17, and I had just moved to Hawaii, and so had okay. he. Now, Hawaii is a, is a very particular place uh, racially. It just I had a really amazing time there. Like I said, I lived there about seven years. Yeah, um, and being from a brown and white marriage mm-hmm. and the child of, a, of mixed ethnicities, I was immediately assumed to be local. I people. Okay. It was the first time ever. People didn't just assume that I was whatever is local to California, which is mm-hmm. Mexican or mm-hmm. South American. <laughs> um, people were like, "Wow, are you part Filipino?" And I was like, "Yes, I am. I am." How did you guess? <laughs> uh, and it's amazing. Yeah, and it was the first time I actually wasn't. Um, straddling two worlds. There's a third world there. There is a, Mm -hmm. like, there is a world in between where mixed people are the majority. I had a really particular experience in in Hawaii as, um, it was comfortable. It put words to the experiences I'd have Mm -hmm. racially, but also of like, uh, colonialism. I didn't even know what the concept mm-hmm. was before I went to school there. So here in this rebirth where I was again like, wow, I have a different identity here. And I'd left a family mm-hmm. of my, my uh, family of origin, six people mm-hmm. wherein I was um, a Flaherty girl. That's my maiden last name. People knew me that way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I had no siblings, uh, no mm-hmm. parents and no chaos that they still to this day create. Exist. More. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a whole world of complete chaos. So, <laughs> I I was, I just removed myself. I thought, I should put an mm. ocean between us. And I did. I, <laughs> I became this individual. And not only was I an individual, I had this place and this space. Um, right. And that's where I met this man that I eventually married. I really feel that I didn't yet know at that point mm-hmm. about listening to myself. Mm-hmm. I think I was grasping very intensely for safety. You know, I mentioned mm-hmm. that I came from chaos. I, mean, I didn't come from mm-hmm. a little bit of chaos. I came from the kind of chaos they make movies about. And they're <laughs> the movies you don't really want to see, but they're the ones you feel like you should see. Like, that was mm-hmm. what I was brought up in. And... I don't know why I expected that like I had navigational capabilities for like <laughs> what's good, what's right, what's healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I just hadn't been taught. I mean I yeah. mm-hmm. I had spent most of my youth staying busy and not doing mm-hmm. drugs and having babies. Like that. That was the. Those were the goals, and my parents were like, "We're done. She graduated high school. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) check. Woo. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't know this whole thing about college. I. It was. It was a mystery to them. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, Well, I'll do it. I'll just sling my bindle over my back, and I'll write a letter every so often. I'm out of here,
2: guys. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's. It was this strange. Like I. I entered into this completely also chaotic world because it's Mm -hmm. life. But I didn't have, you know, parents that were like, when they go low, we go high. No. Right. (laughs) My parents were like, I liked best when you hit that girl when she wanted to fight you when you were a cheerleader. That's my most proud moment of you, daughter. I'm not sure if that's really the best story to illustrate. (laughs) I get it though,
1: like, but it is though. Like, I get it. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yep. I didn't. I didn't date. His name is Andy. I didn't date Andy directly, and we were a part of a friend group. And I mm-hmm. actually couldn't stand him immediately upon meeting him. <laughs> like I said, I didn't know which instincts to trust and which I shouldn't. Yeah. I know yep. now to trust bodily instincts, <laughs> right? <laughs> but. Then, you know, I had so many people, and this was the reason I brought up the racial thing, is Mm -hmm. here I am, this tall, white, nerdy girl, and here he is, this tall, white, nerdy guy. And all the local people were like, hey, bruh,
2: you Uh, guys, (laughs) you uh, guys.
0: Like, (laughs) it took me a really long time to be like, "Really? really? Really? I don't know. Really? I mean, I I don't really (laughs) like him that much, but you guys keep saying he's so great. I guess I should try it out. And it did. It took me a long time. And we were friends, Mm -hmm. and we always have been, and we always will be. It's just, like, that's probably the most we ever should have been. But, I don't know, he was safe compared to what I knew, and Mm -hmm. he also was approved. Was he stable? (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: stable meant, like i said i meant like <laughs> not chaosy how about that
0: actually <laughs> right, that it's, no you're right it's a loaded term okay. though um, yes it is <laughs> but in this particular sense he is stable <laughs> to a fault like okay. his okay. his routines are mm-hmm. the thing which keep him happy and so if his Got routines it. get disrupted there's mm-hmm. hell to pay and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it gets really weird if you start to try and grow or change it. or innovate. Mm-hmm. Things just mm-hmm. get kind of uncomfortable. So, yes, stable in a really, in a, in a, I, I don't know, in a very conservative and somewhat unhealthy. Limiting? Yes, very uh-huh. limiting way. Something way. Yeah. So, you know, I can see what, what drew me to him. Yep, that's what I, yep, Other that's what I yeah. Other than the fact that we were also involved in a church and mm-hmm. they were like, you guys, right <laughs> here, you. you guys, we want to, we've s- cast this, we're going to send you into ministry, you guys. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, yeah, I think everyone kind of got typecast and mm-hmm. I wasn't old enough. Like I said, I met him when I was 17, but mm-hmm. I was. I was very far from having um, sorted and filed all of mm-hmm. what I grew up with. Um, yep. And not that I was avoiding it. I, anybody who knows me would tell you that I charge headlong into growth, that I'm mm-hmm. always trying to heal and I'm always trying to grow. And it can be really intense for the people around me because I'll just mm-hmm. be like, let's open up this conflict Right. The growth, I think, I just had so much to unpack that I Mm -hmm. just wasn't at a a a place where I maybe should have been making decisions about who to marry. But (laughs) it seemed to be the solution that everyone told me I should Mm -hmm. be doing. They're like, "Wow, you got a lot of energy. Let's get you married off." Right. (laughs) I don't know if you (laughs) if you understand like a like a church mentality. It really, I was, I think, a big part of it.
1: You didn't date right away No you knew each no. yeah, you knew each other for a while.
0: Oh yeah I didn't date him until I five years in later yeah okay. later I was almost graduated by then and mm-hmm. I I took a year to travel and I double majored. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I I took a, a long time and uh, we dated we dated in Hawaii and mm-hmm. we, we didn't live together. Uh, We lived down the street from one another. And then I was like, wow, I'm done with Hawaii. My life was moving on. Like, Hawaii Mm -hmm. could feel the, Mm -hmm. like, curtains were closing. Mm -hmm. And he just was like, no, I don't really know if I'm ready to commit. Why don't you just do your thing? And uh, eventually that turned into a half-assed proposal. And I said, okay, which should have been another warning sign. (laughs) She didn't did, say didn't. yes. She said, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. God. <laughs> I was trying to solve a lot of things. Yeah. And so was he. Yeah. I mean, if we're very honest. We were kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So
0: we, we totally. had a couple of kids. We got married in, uh, mm. gosh, those dates have been buried. 2007. We got married in okay. 2007. Uh, my daughter was born in 2009 And then my son was born in 2011. And like I mentioned before, about his third year of life was the beginning of the end
1: for the marriage. I have have this older friend who's even like my my parents' age. And um, he used to live in the small town that we lived in. And he's just like big beard and full of wisdom but uh, like doesn't take his own wisdom do you know <laughs> one of those types I'm guilty of that and, as well <laughs> yeah yeah and a, Except a long time ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> a long time ago he was like talking about he's he divorced and has a kid and um, has been in a long-term relationship not since then but you know whatever that's his that's his status right now but he's just so frank and funny about things and I remember talking about like a, a, a Kemp family we knew, and it didn't seem like it was going to work out. And they were headed to a divorce. And he's like, How old's the youngest kid? And I was like, Three. He's like, Yeah, it always happens when the youngest is three. <laughs> and it's so when you said that I was like oh my goodness yeah he I mean ever since he said that it's very common he's like it's a thing it's like you've had that baby you've stabilized you know you've gotten into routine you realize it's no longer just the baby he's like it's it's kind of you know there's probably science behind it but I just know how old's, the, how old's the youngest three yep it's about time yep yep well I have proven the rule <laughs> yep <laughs> I'll tell Paul Yet again, I find another one. Check. Thank Paul you, Doctor right. Paul. <laughs> Doctor Paul. So I love that you keep mentioning like your inner knowing yeah. and knowing what it felt like in your body. So, I mean, obviously not in these moments when you like you're like okay, you know, had <laughs> a marriage proposal. In hindsight, can you t- can you tell that it, your body was speaking to you differently than what was like maybe coming out of your mouth and oh, the actions absolutely. you Absolutely.
0: So were you able to identify? No. Like, I'm just
1: fascinated by like. I, then no, I couldn't.
0: <laughs> then yeah, okay. um, mm-hmm. I ha- I, I don't know. It's strange. It's it's a, it's like a it's like a snow blindness. You're surrounded mm-hmm. by it and yet you can't see it. And it's not like I had experienced before what understanding mm-hmm. your body was about. And you know, mm-hmm. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just. Do a little defense for poor child Angie. Mm -hmm. You know, like I grew up in pain, like constant, constant threat of violence or threat Mm -hmm. of um, instability. And Mm -hmm. that's normal to me. So Mm -hmm. when my body back then would be like, this is freaky. I'd be like, right. this is family. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> this is normal. Right. So, right. so to me, when I I did, I had very mm-hmm. bodily experiences of mm-hmm. like, why can't I just focus on planning a wedding? Why mm-hmm. did I suddenly run into my high school crush at the bookstore and we're hanging out? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? why does that not register in my brain as a red flag right. but it didn't right. I mean I was right. aware of, of a whole ton of red flags before that point but I think it just didn't dawn on me how how deeply my body was trying to mm-hmm. get my attention mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't calm down I was partying all the time for mm-hmm. my entire engagement the whole mm-hmm. time I actually i got work at a restaurant, which I'd never done in my whole life. Like I was doing, when I left Hawaii, I had finished a double major in English Mm -hmm. and religion. And then I had mm -hmm. uh, landed in a marketing role um, at a public relations firm that in the year 2005 was virtual. It was a virtual firm. Big deal for (laughs) 2005. a big deal. So big deal. I was working at home in my small ass apartment that, like, uh, had drug dealers outside going on their mopeds, like. And I'm like, oh yes, fancy mall retail client. I can totally do this job for you. Hold on a sec. Shut up. That was that was my world which is no different from 2020 and uh-huh. 2021 yeah. where yeah. we're doing the same thing Same thing. Right. Yep. I mean you were just way Now ahead of it's children curve. who behave like drug dealers, very similar, yep. but Yep, very similar. <laughs> but their demands are very similar. <laughs> I'm, you know, like I had a job doing public relations for a virtual firm and um, I didn't necessarily love it, but I was fucking good at it. And when that world was drawing to a close, because I wasn't happy and I knew that. I knew I wasn't Mm -hmm. happy. I knew Hawaii was done. I had a sense Mm -hmm. of that. I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. I actually want to make money at some point in my life and not give it to a landlord. I should probably leave Hawaii. So Very expensive. It is. is. I mean, I Mm -hmm. ended up in the North Bay, so it's that equal. Mm -hmm. Right. You you prepared yourself. But, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I didn't have a rude awakening. But moving back to California, um, mm -hmm. he let me go back without any commitment. And then he, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like he proposed under duress, but I wasn't pushing him. He just seemed really uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, a few months later. <laughs> for our whole engagement, I was working at this restaurant. And I was like, oh, free alcohol? What? Right. And I've yeah. never been that person.
1: <laughs> never. If you are trying to like, Achieve something in life or get somewhere in life. Don't work in a restaurant. I know. Anyone, ever. Like, it's
0: just going to pull you down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. I was really. But nobody tells you that then. Well, right. And here I was. Yeah. I'd moved back to Modesto, which anyone from mm-hmm. Modesto will tell you, don't do it. Don't go back. Don't right. do it. But I, I was also an English major, and I mm-hmm. did learn about the hero's journey, and the hero does mm-hmm. have to return home with the elixir. Um, yes, that's true. I, I returned home and drank the elixir, but <laughs> I didn't return home with the elixir. I um, No, I I didn't know at that point, and I was nowhere mm-hmm. along in the hero's journey, and I feel like I hadn't yeah. even entered into it. So I just went home. I was immediately attacked by a pit bull. Because that's Modesto. If you don't know about yep, it, yep. don't go. Okay. But immediately day I arrived, attacked by a pit bull. It was my sister's pit bull. But oh, that's geez. a good time. Still great. Yeah. Uh, Welcome home. Yeah, but I mean that is home, like I mentioned. Yeah. So that was home. Yeah. Yeah. I should have known or I could have known had I had I had I don't know the sensibilities I have now, but um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't fortunate enough to have been raised with those. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I had to catch up, and I believe Mm -hmm. I'm still catching up.
1: When do you think you started to pay attention to your inner knowing?
0: It's interesting because Mm -hmm. I've journaled my whole life. So Mm -hmm. there's always been a space where I've had to carve out and be still so, I would say I was selective about listening to the inner knowings because I think so much. I'm a very empathic person. I mm-hmm. read situations, I read humans very easily. And I believe that's where all of my inner knowing went early on is to mm-hmm. like
1: de- assess the danger. Yes,
0: assess the danger, mm-hmm. decide mm-hmm. who's the wolf and who's mm-hmm. grandma. And, you know, because yep. it's, it's truly, um, especially the world that I grew up in where like mm-hmm. family members were the danger and mm-hmm. I, there was no physical distance from them. I, I think I had to spend an inordinate amount of energy doing that. Now, other internal knowings that I maybe could have been developing, I think I was mm-hmm. instead spinning out into fantasies. Yeah. I uh-huh. you know like I think I was building other worlds that weren't real yeah. so I could survive the one I was in. So if if I was to say when I started on a personal level paying attention mm-hmm. to those things it would be that that time period like the 2 years leading up to my divorce where mm-hmm. I remember calling a friend and telling him it's like there's something under the surface and it's clawing at the edges of my life and it was almost like mm-hmm. i could see like the claws coming out at the corners and i couldn't identify mm-hmm. it no matter what i did i was just like digging mm-hmm. digging 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 and i don't think i could have been aware of that or able to like put an image mm-hmm. on it if mm-hmm. i wasn't if i wasn't noticing the problems yep. that were just like popping up in me
1: Tell me all the... Th- I, I want to hear all the things you tried to fix. Oh, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like even though they were not fixing, like, the major problem, it sounds like you were learning different coping. Oh, yeah. Because you you talked about how you were a copist, I'm right? a copist. <laughs> I, yeah. I... And it sounds like during this time,
0: you probably <laughs> learned some new coping. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Positive coping. Oh, yeah.
0: Will. I... Yeah. I... Like, I come from a family of... Um, like v- violently negative copers. Like, got it. <laughs> like I. My family has a history of drug use, alcohol mm-hmm. use, violence, suicide, um, mental illness, mm-hmm. uh, homelessness. Oh gosh, that's a long list. There's more. Uh, <laughs> um we got time. There's a lot. But I, if you're asking like what I tried, um, music was one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. It still works. Uh, Music is Mm -hmm. one of those things that can kind of snap me out of... um, Mm -hmm. Performing or listening? um, Listening. Okay. Um, I I am musical and I can perform, but that kind of takes me outside of a personal experience and puts it into a performance role, which... Mm -hmm isn't really helpful to me when I'm trying to drill Mm -hmm. down. So listening to music was really important and um, moving my body. Um, I grew up an athlete and Mm -hmm. that was a big part of me dealing. So I have this voice in the back of my head when I'm like in stress, when like I'm just surrounded Mm -hmm. and in a fog of stress, I have this voice Mm -hmm. that says play basketball. Oh wow, <laughs> that's one of them. So you know whether it was like dancing or whether it was you know going to shoot hoops or whatever I could do. I mean, I had mm-hmm. two kids who were like less than two years apart, so yeah. that was yeah. that was really difficult. But I did a lot of writing then. I even got back into poetry. I used poetry as coping. It wasn't good poetry. It was decent coping. I, I oh wow. I talked to friends a lot. Um, mm-hmm. However, one of the other holdovers from traumatic childhood is not Mm -hmm. knowing what's a good friend. So, Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) that one took me a while. Um, (laughs) I also had a friend who wasn't a fantastic friend. Spoiler after I left my husband, she slept with him. Oh
2: my God. It
0: was so great. winning (laughs) let's not let him off the hook he slept with her too right truth (laughs) exactly it takes two to tango yeah so um (laughs) i but i did know that you know when i was spiraling to reach out um Mm -hmm. but then to not reach out when it was going to be someone else's responsibility for my well-being so uh kind Mm of kind of getting into that groove of I'm reaching out because I need to say this to somebody, but it's not their mm-hmm. responsibility to fix it. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, where where my lifelong friends, when I say lifelong, I mean friends that I still have, but not that mm-hmm. I knew from childhood. Um, not that mm-hmm. any of those people that I know and love from my upbringing, you know, aren't great friends. It's just, I didn't know how to be one (laughs) for a very long time. So I have friends that I picked up in my twenties and they're the ones that started Mm -hmm. to show their colors and be there in this time. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, figured out what friendship is. I think I was was like 30.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, better late than never, guys. Better late than never, exactly. <laughs> and the, even though, like, it sounds like though, even though you said you, you didn't know what a real friend was, but y- it sounds like you did make some along the way. I did. You know, well, or, the thing yeah.
0: is, I'm a very i'm i'm a very friendly gathering type mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the other jobs that I did along with marketing is I did like a youth work but I was training Mm -hmm. leaders on how to engage with young people and I was always Mm -hmm. that person that when I got on the stage the young people were like what's she gonna do next I want to see I had this charisma that like Mm -hmm. I didn't know about and I didn't really know how to wield for a very long time and so it drew Mm -hmm. people to me in a friendship Mm realm but, like, I've seen friends fall away because, like I said, I had to learn how to be one and what a good mm-hmm. friend is. So, I, have, I had a lot of people, but not a lot of people that could really identify with me. One of the things that I have learned later in life, uh, another, another side note about career experience, uh, I worked in mental health for a little bit. Okay. It was really fun. Um, really, it was. And I learned a ton while I was working to raise money for foster youth who were out of the foster system and needed supportive housing. Um, uh-huh. To the transition. Yes, the transition adulthood. age youth, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I yep. was supporting them. I was, I was a development director to, you know, mm-hmm. make sure they had what they needed in these homes. It was bizarre to me that I had more in common with these kids than I had with most of the peers of my youth. And I had never seen that before. I'd never thought, like, gosh, I've had it rough like a foster kid. Uh, (laughs) And who does? Because that's rude. Right, Right.
1: exactly. You don't don't think
0: that. But Mm -hmm. when and I had mentored young people for Mm
2: -hmm.
0: years and years and years and years, and I started to realize when I was um, just engaging with these young people or, like, I would Mm -hmm. do interviews with them for marketing pieces, that when they would tell me a really scary story that would, like, make people cry or terrify Mm -hmm. them or make them, like, triggered. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, all right, I got you. And the fact that I was Mm -hmm. never surprised by Mm -hmm. the horrors that they'd experienced kind of got me thinking, like, in this this spilled over into Friends, there is a line of experiencing trauma beyond Mm -hmm. which there's no point in... Comparing, like, oh, this horrible thing happened to me, and it's more horrible than you. (laughs) You didn't, right? Yes. There's this line of trauma. It's ugly, Mm -hmm. and there's this line beyond which it's like, we're all family here. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was that got you to this point, Mm -hmm. the fact that you didn't flinch, or the fact that, like, that you have something that hurt you as deeply, puts the us on the same level. And it was yep. strange because it was in my thirties that I experienced this, like, wow, wow, me and me and foster kids have something in common. It must've been really shitty. I must have yeah. really been working overtime to normalize mm-hmm. everything that, that I grew up with so that I could get here. But, yeah. you yep. know, I, it's not a, it's not a negative thing. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that experience because I, I I learned so much, but it also really helped me identify a friend is someone I don't have to explain things to. If the thing I'm telling them surprises them, or if they are having a hard time understanding and they can't wrap their brain around it, if they're a friend, they're just maybe not the friend for this situation. Or maybe... Uh-huh. They get moved right. out into an outer circle a circle. Yeah, that is yeah. that that I just don't offer that other information mm-hmm. to because that information is far too intimate. you know it it, it mm-hmm. touches a hurt that's so deep that mm, yeah, you're just not you're just not the one for it. So yep. um yep. It, it helped me identify that and, that job and that experience of working with those young people, that was within the five-year divorce. So okay. it was a really... Really when you were <laughs> yeah, growing? I was. A, you know, I was growing. Like, I was, um, and it was, a, it was a good space to live in and to, mm-hmm. to experience. So, you know, I, I always try to pick up things along the way. You know, mm-hmm. it was never my goal to work in mental health and nonprofit specifically, but I felt like, hey, I'm this marketer and nonprofits and people that I identify with uh, could benefit from the skills that I've gained from, you know, these high flying clients. So I might as well bring my skills home, kind of like that hero's journey. Here I am, I'm going to bring uh-huh. these skills home. home. Yeah. Turns out, though, that nonprofit, uh, <laughs> Was the place where I got assaulted? Ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought it was
1: safe to go but, into the yeah. water. Just when... Oh man! Okay. Yeah. So this is when. This is when you're trying to take. Like the reins back, Yeah. you are, we can talk about that in the middle of this, the, the waiting space, Yeah. the waiting for this divorce to be finalized. Um, Honestly, for me, there's nothing worse than the waiting space. Like, I don't know how you handled that for so long. (laughs) Like when you're in now this like, like, okay, I'm starting to take this like path now and I'm Mm -hmm. going to do things differently and I'm leaving this marriage and Mm -hmm. and then you're starting to feel like you're getting your legs underneath you. All right. What happens? (laughs) What (laughs)
0: happens? yeah uh, so I mentioned I was in a, a development role, which, mm-hmm. in the nonprofit space is a fundraising. So yeah okay,
1: that's a fancy word for fundraising. Yes,
0: oh, yeah, got it. Uh, you're the official schmooze. You mm-hmm. you do what you need to do, uh, whether it's, network. Yes, networking. So if you're tabling here, mm-hmm. or if you're speaking at an event here, or if you're mm-hmm. doing one-on-one. Specific, specifically, uh, the instance that this happened. I was throwing a fundraiser for this. Company and it was the first one that they had ever done. It was like a, a gala type event. And having come from Hawaii, I I convinced the executive director it needs to be a luau, but it's going to be a real one,
1: a real one, a not the-
0: real beautiful mm-hmm. luau. And he was an abalone diver, and he wanted to dive for abalone. And it was this like this great. Ooh, here we go. So I had pulled out all the stops and. I like got Hawaiian Airlines to give us, you know, tickets and I got this resort on Maui to give us, you know, a three-night stay and I had just like boom boom done everything I got. This the printer did this for free and this guy designed it for free and I just like woo got it going right and I was yes. rocking and this was the world that like I know how to do. I know how mm-hmm. to like get shit moving. So I was doing this, and then uh, there's a jeweler who wants to donate a diamond necklace, and I'm like, right on. So, all right, yeah, it, you know, and back and forth in conversations with this person, mm-hmm. who was always like, okay, yeah, I'll have it a couple days before the event. So a couple days before the event, let's just make this clear: a couple of days before the event, that I am okay. running from top to bottom, like mm-hmm. every detail of an of a mm-hmm. fine wine country event. I am running. I go to the guy's jewelry place and he gives me the diamond necklace and makes it very clear that there's an expectation, (laughs) a quid pro quo. uh And up until this point, (laughs) he'd been a really normal person. And, you know, I'd been, I am no stranger to being sexually harassed. My entire Mm -hmm. career is labeled with sexual harassment. Like, it just... My entire career has been marred by sexual harassment. Yeah. Full nine yards. Yep. I mean, it's Whole, just, yep. it's like I said, normalized. It's mm-hmm. just where it's going to be. This came out of the blue. Dude was a predator. Right. He had done everything to be really normal up until this point. And I was acting on behalf of my company, accepting a diamond mm-hmm. necklace. So I also mm-hmm. had this uh, need to be um, very professional and try to maintain the relationship. Mm -hmm. because the stuff was in print. There's a diamond necklace. This is a big auction item. Uh (laughs) And he knew that. Mm. He knew that. Uh And this was was part of the power dynamic. And perfectly executed to not
1: like to present as normal. Like you said, there was no, because you, yep,
0: got it. Um, He's done this before. And he had. So I picked up a phone call. So, uh, he's trying to talk to me and hadn't yet given me the necklace. And he's like, you know, not wanting to give it. And he's Mm -hmm. giving me all the weird vibes. He'd been drinking.
2: There was alcohol on
0: his desk. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, fuck. I pick up this phone call. Mm -hmm. And this person is the printer. And and like I said, it had been printed. He Mm -hmm. was like, I have your printing order. I'm 10 minutes away. Where can I meet you? And it was... Mm -hmm. As if I had set that up. Like I had sent a 911 text to a friend. Yeah, yeah. Right? And Mm -hmm. the guy was pissed. He was Mm -hmm. so mad because I had, like, every woman in a bar (laughs) figured a way out. So I picked up the phone call. I was like, how close are you to downtown? I'm downtown. I'll meet you, which was across the street, in three minutes. Hang up give me that and then the guy hurts me
2: mm.
0: after I received the necklace he mm-hmm. like he went to shake my hand and like gave me this punishing handshake and like I'm a smaller framed person mm-hmm. and my shoulder actually dislocates for <gasps> for no reason at all like it just does and like uh-huh. he shook me so intensely my whole Whole hand was was red and welted and like my mm-hmm. shoulder almost got dislocated and he was like he squeezed so hard and it was this like horrible experience and then I just like thank you I gotta go and I like mm-hmm. ran out of there and um, had I stayed longer it could have gotten worse and I had never had an experience like that like I had been forcibly mm-hmm. kissed I had <laughs> like other things but this one mm-hmm. in particular was very like, he needed to make sure I knew that, like, that he had the physical power over me. And I was yeah. lucky to leave but, with just yeah. that. And it was yep. this very awful, awful, awful experience. Uh, um, and two days later, I had to stand up and thank him from a podium. Yep. Uh, I had to hug him and put a lay on him. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right, that's just normal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, in reporting, that to my place of employment. I, um, mm-hmm. I also reported that there were other incidents that had occurred um, that seemed to me like uh, they weren't taking safety very seriously because I'd been, I'd been um, cornered by a coworker before in the office and he like yelled at me and I'm like, why are you yelling at me? Mm-hmm. And he'd been offended by um, my having agency I think, Mm -hmm. Um, as a female that's younger than him, and uh, felt like he needed to wait until I was alone and yell at me in my office while blocking me in. And having had that experience, and then I told my boss, who was the executive director, I'm like, hey, you know, like, he can't do those things. He's like, yeah, but his training, he, he grew up in a different time. I'm like, yeah, we all had harassment training. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. right.
1: She, we, before we started this job. Yeah,
0: we all. This year. We all. He didn't start working here in 1963. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and my boss just like kept sweeping it under the rug and I was like, that was mm-hmm. really weird that you would do such a thing, that you mm-hmm. would sweep things under the rug like that. And the only reason that guy eventually got fired, the only reason he got fired was because um, I was smart enough to keep him yelling at me until I knew someone would return from lunch. And he was so angry. I was—I just wouldn't give in or say sorry. I was just like, oh, yeah. okay, well, mm-hmm. you feel that way. And he just kept yelling and yelling and ratcheting up and getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And I was like, okay, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. HR person back from lunch. <laughs> so the only reason the guy got fired uh, because I, you know, in reporting him, for an earlier incident or anything like that um, there was no there's no clear like oh your safety is really important which i thought was really strange since we are working with people in mental health crises so um i reported to the board i said look i think mm-hmm. the safety procedures here are lax i think that when i report things that you know nothing's quite being done This person Mm -hmm. had a history of berating people and cornering them when they were alone. Mm -hmm. And some had been reported and some hadn't. How is he still here? And then when I got attacked for work, I then had Mm -hmm. to report that. Report that and like Mm -hmm. hug the guy. congratulate him him and thank him for thank him. And then my boss had come to me and told me, you're not recognizing situations that are unsafe. He just had like this whole victim blaming thing that he's like, I'm not victim blaming, but how can I blame you without saying I'm blaming you? So there's this whole thing. And I just, I wrote to the board and I said, look, here's a 16 page document of I've talked to coworkers, and this person's had an unsafe interaction with somebody with a gun. This person's had an unsafe interaction. Whoa. This person reported something, and nothing was done. This person reported something, and something was done, but they never saw anything in the file. And they just had 16 pages. And I said, look, I'm supposed to be, you know, raising money and speaking mm-hmm. about the safety of this agency, and I can't do that in good conscience if I know this information and I know that the safety protocols, having experienced them myself, aren't are not being strong. They yeah. fired me. Oh. Here's the real great thing. Just when you thought it was no. safe to go into the water, I was pregnant. Oh. So the assault happened when I was pregnant, and then uh, they fired oh, me. Oh, no. and, and then you found out you were pregnant. Well, no, I knew. Uh, oh, okay. They fired me right after I had the baby. Okay. So, yeah. It was with um my now partner, and, mm-hmm. you know, we were... We were we had planned the pregnancy. We were excited mm. about it, and we're like, "Yeah, stability! Look at this stability!" <laughs> <laughs> and then I get fired for reporting getting assaulted at work and reporting an unsafe work environment. Yeah,
1: and then what? How mm. like how many years ago was this now?
0: Uh, so my my third child, my daughter, is three. Mm-hmm. So okay. that was three years ago, and. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, this is, the, this is the really unfortunate thing. This year, I, um, right about the time lockdown began, about a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, I was big news in this community. Um, that agency that had fired me, there was a young woman working there directly with the youth, and she was murdered mm-hmm. by mm. one of the young people who had been threatening her. Oh, no. And.
1: They researched their safety protocol.
0: They, yeah. No, they hadn't changed anything. They found nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with their safety protocol. Mm -hmm. And they, the thing I had been trying to prevent because Mm -hmm. what I got served to me was nothing compared Mm -hmm. to what can happen. And, You know, I put my job on the line and I knew that by reporting the way that I did. And they ignored it. They had a uh, sham investigation. They never Mm -hmm. talked to the person who'd had a run in with someone with a gun. They never talked to anybody. And they were just like, well, she's crazy.
1: Let's mm. move on. Right. Treat it as a singular incident yeah. instead of investigating into yeah. like a, they didn't. a pattern of flagrancy with like safety protocols, yeah. I guess.
0: Uh, and it yep. was specifically the executive director who was like, mm-hmm. we got work to do helping people right. <laughs> mm-hmm. by putting our people in, in danger. In danger. Right. So it's actually, it's a really um, heart-wrenching circumstance for yeah. the whole community. And for me in particular, it's um, deeply disturbing because I tried, because I, yep. I I trusted that company with, mm-hmm. you know, first my safety, and then mm-hmm. with my income and my job. And mm-hmm. I trusted that they would listen when I brought things up, and they did not. Mm-hmm. And it cost somebody her life. Uh, there's a Greek character, Cassandra, have you ever heard of her, mm-hmm. who's been cursed to always be right and never be listened to. And the, I think women in general are Cassandras. Mm-hmm. Yep. But <laughs> yeah. this, in particular, was one I think that hurt the most because, to me, here I, I, I got off with just being like physically mauled, um, mm-hmm. and I had my baby, and yeah. you know I've since had to rebuild again.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Only the thirteen thousandth rebuilding I've done, you know, her children. Mm-hmm. They didn't deserve that. So um it's yeah. a big grief for me. I'm
1: sure. I'm sure there's a lots of identification
0: you know that you have with this situation.
1: Like I can't imagine how you could like that's what I'm looking for. Like separate yourself from that. You know, like how could you? Like of course. Yeah. There's so much identification. But...
0: At the so at how... the same time though, mm-hmm. just I mean, there's nothing that can be done other than if they're going to do, right. they're going to do legal things. I'm here, and the family knows that. So okay, because I documented things the way that I did, mm-hmm. I can bring something that other people might not be able to bring. Be able to, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'll do that. I'll do that for mm-hmm. them, but mm-hmm. when they're ready. So in
1: in this time, when you you said you you know all you were what you were left with basically was to rebuild your life for the 13,000th time. Mm-hmm. You know how have you what has um, your, what is your life what is your life taken in the last 3 years since this latest incarnation of <laughs> losing that job
2: oh
0: uh, i got and lost another job because of the pandemic that was,
1: okay that was a
0: good a good time so Were you laid off because of covid <laughs> yeah. did you have a covid layoff i had a covid okay. layoff so i that experience with nonprofit um, i did a lot of research um, i did mm-hmm. a lot of reading that was part of my coping <laughs> just to educate myself Um, Mm -hmm. and be able to separate because I could intellectualize what happened. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And one of the things that I learned from the experience uh, was that the harassment that I I experienced in Mm -hmm. nonprofit was much more pervasive, much Mm -hmm. more dangerous, much more egregious than what I had experienced when I was a marketing person. When mm-hmm. I went into an office and I was a, you know, I was I was selling this thing and I'm an expert, right? Mm-hmm, but when mm-hmm. I walk into somebody's office and I'm asking for money mm-hmm. for people who are in need of help, all of a sudden mm-hmm. the power differential was very, very different. So, I was yep. the same person. Yep. But... After reading through things and, like, kind of taking a step back, I realized, oh, wait, who's got all the money to give right now? Rich, Mm -hmm. old, white men. (laughs) Who are the people that try to grab me? Rich, old, white men. (laughs) So so, um, it was a hard thing for me to accept because I was a person that came from poverty. I was a person that Mm -hmm. came from Mm -hmm. trauma that this elixir that I was bringing back to my home that I'm like here I can help you I can come and help you is is just totally upended and I mm-hmm. don't have the power because mm-hmm. I'm a female in a space working to gain acknowledgement financial, financial yeah just, uh, yeah. just yeah. to gain approval uh-huh. from the people who have power yep and that that took me quite a while to realize. Now, I'm sure there are all kinds of ways around it, you know, like getting yeah. up into <laughs> like the higher echelons of leadership and nonprofit and what have you. But like as a development person, you know, I didn't know going in that it's actually a lot more common for people doing fundraising, men and women. And it just so happens that it's you know, people in power and they perceive you as having less power. So
1: Right, because I, you're asking for money. You're
0: asking for it. Literally. I'm, I'm
1: in yeah. yeah literally, uh-huh.
0: you're asking for it. Yeah. It was hard for me to step back out of the nonprofit space because I had thought mm-hmm. this is where I wanted to land. I mm-hmm. I had called myself a non <laughs> I really liked this I, you built your identity for it. <laughs> I oh yeah. I am a queen of like Oh my gosh, I finally get to have an identity. Okay, it's this one. And like, mm-hmm. I had this superhero mask, and I'm the nonprofitess, and I like this waving cape, and I'm here to help young people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I can increase the top line revenue by 1100%. Like, watch yes. this. You need a new house? Oh, I'll bring one out of the sky with my muscles. Yeah. No. <laughs> Except, <laughs> no. <laughs> Except. I had to walk away bruised and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's a seedier world that actually Mm -hmm. upholds the current systems. You know, philanthropy is one that, you know, pats people on the back for having power and then getting to decide (laughs) who they give things to. Uh, So I stepped out of philanthropy uh, or like philanthropic giving, I would say, Mm -hmm. I had a really good opportunity, Um, a local manufacturer of a really fancy coffee roaster um, needed a marketing person. And it was a really great space for me to be at that point. And that too was that elusive stability, this financial stability too, because Mm -hmm. it was, you know, all of the marketing I'd ever done, and I was finally old enough for them to take me seriously and pay me yes. what it deserved. What you, yes, um, yes. And I had always told myself, "Oh yeah, I'm paying for my resume in my twenties. I'm paying for my resume." And then, like, I still feel like I'm paying for my resume. The resume. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I got I got laid off about one year ago. June was when they officially did it. Okay. And since then, I have been teaching my children at home because they are stuck at home. I'm in California where my kids, the last time they were in a classroom was a year ago. Wow. So, um, which is, you know, fine. I, you know, I never wanted to be a teacher. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Mine we were
1: home for six months and um, we, we were able to go back to school in August. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, I get it. It's... um. Uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and they're like, April 19th. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't believe you. And how great is yeah. that? So they'll be in school a month before it's time for right. summer break? What's the point? Great.
1: Really, what's the point great. of that? To
0: confuse them
1: yeah. completely? Yeah, yeah, and
0: and I, it's not something that would benefit um, at least my son who, you know, he's had the best mm-hmm. academic year of his life because he has oh, one-on-one awesome. attention at home. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So he's been doing really well. And I said, you know, you guys can open up the school. I'll keep him home. My daughter, who's yeah. 11. She wants human interaction, and I can yes. understand that. So she will go back to school if and when it opens. He okay. wants to be home. But um, the last year of my life has been, you know, you mentioned waiting space. It's funny because uh, I feel like, for me, waiting space mm-hmm. is the majority of my time. I think some people whose lives have had fewer, I don't even know what to call them, hitchbacks, like you know when you're hiking and you have to mm-hmm. yeah, you, yeah. you've made uh-huh. some you elevation just, gain and then you got to go back uh-huh. yeah, but you but you the trail is people longer people who
1: just like continue
0: on yeah there's yeah, some yeah, people yeah. who have an a point a to point b like b. very clear uh-huh. linear trajectory and like i i was never going to get that i don't think yeah. i i really like i i read a um some Instagram wisdom recently that I just want to impart to uh, you and to all the listeners. That, oh, I love, it. I love it. yes. That's like <laughs> Abraham Lincoln what we're once here for. said. No. said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's
1: what we're saying. Uh, yeah.
0: It was. Uh, it was actually it was a nice way of framing it, and it it uh-huh. was a way of um, kind of delineating privilege and just saying mm-hmm. you didn't make good choices; you had good choices.
1: Uh huh.
0: And I know what you mean? Mm-hmm. On The other side of that, like, God, I've never done drugs in my life, I've never smoked a cigarette. Like, I, I really had a very sh- short time of drinking at all. Like, mm-hmm. right, that one I, job, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to school, I double majored, I traveled, I like. <laughs> I Mm -hmm. did what I could. I had babies. That was a huge (laughs) failure. Like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I got mommy tracked. And, you know, I I freelanced and I just clawed Mm -hmm. my way back up. And I'm like, okay, I've piecemealed my resume together so that, you know, I don't look like a complete just idiot. Like, I I have some kind of line of reason. And then here's a pandemic. Oh, wait, before a pandemic, here's some sexual assault. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, what could I possibly have done differently? I mean, I could have Mm -hmm. got a breast reduction or I could have, like, I I don't know. I could have been more mean to people or Mm -hmm. I I don't know what else I could have done. But, like, the choices I've had have just been like, wow, all right, so I'm just going to try and, like, gather things up again and, like, Mm -hmm. form something new out of this. And I... I don't I don't have a perspective. I certainly don't of woe is me. I don't think I could have mm-hmm. survived to this point mm-hmm. and smiled and, you know, made friends if I if right. I thought that the world owed me something and I wasn't receiving it. Right. But the world has definitely dished me a lot of loss. I don't know, just a lot of eating shit. I think that's right. the
1: And a lot of what you said, the the hiking, the the switchbacks, right? The the hitchbacks. Hitchbacks, thank you. Like, just to get
0: to the top, like, it's not a straight Mm -hmm. shot. And, like, what is Mm -hmm. the top? And, you know, I think about this sometimes (laughs) because, especially in the pandemic with everyone fucking pivoting, like, oh, yeah, I'm pivoting. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for the pivot. Thank you for explaining that that's how you're doing better during the pandemic. However... (laughs) For me, I've thought about like, what is the top? And it Mm -hmm. is stability, safety, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. character Mm -hmm. along the way. Being, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I think, being proud that when my 11 year old daughter is reaching some of the same points in her life that I Mm -hmm. have specific memories, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I can see her world as supportive. And I'm like, okay, yep. that's success. Yep. You know, she's safe where I wasn't. You know, she's mm-hmm. um, she just applied. She had to do this big multi-page application for um, the middle school she's going into. She wants to get into mm-hmm. this experiential program where they go camping and build shit. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And she had to get a teacher recommendation. She had to write an essay. And then her parents had to write an essay. And like, that would have been out of reach completely. Completely for me. Not just because financially I couldn't have done it when I was a kid, but like... But your parents wouldn't have written that thing. Uh, no. Well, yeah, yeah they, they had no idea. They were no. trying not to... Well, my mom was trying not to lose the house and my dad was somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like there just wasn't that kind of support. Mm-hmm. And here I'm like... Mm-hmm. Okay, no, you need to do more revisions on your essay you, mm-hmm. because you really should tell them about this really cool thing you did before. And you should say, I did it, not we did it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's success. And so I can find yeah. that here in this space, in yep. like the unknowing space where I can sit here and at least know that. I love that. I love of like... I kind of feel like we got to like a... I
1: mean, because there's never like... I'm always like, end, end story. Like, no, there's never that. You know, like, the end. No, but I like, what a. Gr- I think that's a great place for us to leave it there. You know what I mean?
0: Really? Because like, I don't know what's gonna yeah. happen. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can we figure it out before I go? Because I really okay. could like handle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So
1: how about <laughs> let's write a list. <laughs> Yeah, let's
0: read a book. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> this isn't your coaching, <laughs> your coaching right. uh, business. This is this is just telling the stories about. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, as as
1: much as our, our media world has created, you know, stories for us to, that we would like to have an ending. Like sometimes there's not.
0: Yeah. Well, there's not. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I've had very many that are just unresolved mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I didn't yeah
1: you're in the like I, you're in the waiting place. something else is happening after this yeah I and, know that for you <laughs> gee thanks <laughs> yeah. no <Yay>. problem
0: <laughs> <we go>. Yay. <laughs> this is to make all this, the rest of you in that waiting space feel so much better about yourselves <laughs> right <laughs> right mm. and I don't like it's uh, the, the, the
1: cultural phenomenon that we've experienced this last year of everyone being in the unknown in the waiting space was intense well yeah
0: some some people i've noticed when they've been served up bullshit Mm -hmm. they're so Mm -hmm. great at passing it along and like the goal the the coping goal is to stay far Mm -hmm. away from the bullshit passers yeah like they just are like well here you go Well, here you go, and like that's been a goal for me—not just in the pandemic, but certainly now. It's like whoa, yeah. Well, and it's so much more clear because Mm -hmm. you see, you see that I don't know, just maybe immature abilities to filter pain. Mm -hmm. So, like Mm -hmm. some people are just walking around shooting pain out at everybody else, Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. it takes a lot right now to really just focus one foot in front of the yeah. other and like keep your distance from the people who keep are passing boundaries. it. Yeah. And yep. like, for me, that's one of the biggest things is, is boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I'll respect mm-hmm. your boundary for time. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, all right.
1: That's well, anything else that you want to share?
0: Oh, I now i the, the email that I hooked you with mm-hmm. is you want stories. I've got stories. Yeah. Listen, Jesse, I have stories. <laughs> like, if you just are having a rough day, just give me a call. I'll, I'll you know, I'll talk you through know, it. I'll just like, tell you right. some crazy stories. But no, there's nothing in particular that I think is going to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, I don't know, put some icing on. It's mm-hmm. the trajectory that you see in this story is really just there. Mm-hmm. And here we are mm-hmm. just waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Waiting.
1: Waiting all right let's do some fun questions
0: okay all
1: right let's do it what was your first car
0: A really shitty toyota that was crashed in the front nice my sister did it she was drinking nice mm-hmm.
1: what color was your car
0: well it was many colors uh <laughs> oh,
1: guys it was
0: like a it was a, a not car. one color silly yes uh- yes <laughs> I it was originally., <laughs> uh, maybe silver. I think it was Sorry, like a corolla. I'm trying to remember yeah, like uh-huh, it was a corolla. Uh-huh. but uh, uh-huh, my mom had made sure sense. that we had something to be able to drive. Uh, we were all athletes, and so we were going to morning practice for water polo. Each other. And so we had mm-hmm. to be able to drive to get there to go freeze our asses off in the pool in
2: yeah, the mornings.
0: No kidding, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Good time. When did you get your period? I was 13. Oh,
1: very nice. I was Total late paper. though.
0: I was Stop. late. And I just told my daughter this story because she's 11. Mm-hmm. She's kind of getting there. It mm-hmm. was my first swim meet.
2: <laughs> my first <gasps>
0: period. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. I, and here, my mom hadn't had hers till she was 15. So I so was, I up. was like, "Woo! I'm just gonna get, I got time. Get everything out of the way before this shit happens." <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to change for my swim meet, and then like I saw black and white. I was like, "No, oh, oh! <laughs> yeah!" And I had to ask someone for a tampon. Of course, swimmers are like here, and they like threw them at me, and like, right. but they didn't know it was my first period because I was like, "It's right. a freshman. I don't want people to know." And you're like. Yeah, I had no idea. There were all kinds of wrong things happening that day. Uh, I learned mm-hmm. since, but yeah, yep. it was. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. First swim meet, first period. First. Yeah, my poor oh, daughter, yeah. when I told her that story, she was like, oh, oh. my gosh, I'm
2: never joining a swim team.
0: You had to use a damn Yeah. Yep. Yep. First period. Toilet paper, over, under, or you don't care? Ooh, um, okay, so I have been socialized with mm-hmm. my current partner mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. do this over. Okay. And so okay. now I judge people who don't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But before. You didn't care. Uh, yeah, I didn't know people cared. I mean, it just mm-hmm. goes along with my raised by wolves backstory, oh, yeah. oh, which is yeah. like wolves don't fucking use toilet
1: paper, guys. Like, no, yeah, no. It's a it's a privilege to think that, like, there's a way the toilet
0: paper there's supposed a to go. way. Like, do we <laughs> yeah. have toilet paper? Okay. It is more of the question. Small yeah. side story. One time, we uh-huh. didn't. <laughs> My sister uh-huh. says to me, can you find a roll of toilet paper and hand it to me? I'm like, there's no toilet paper. She's like, okay, napkins. And I go in the kitchen. And I'm like, no paper towels, no napkins, no anything. And I just slide a piece of binder paper
2: <laughs> to the door nice. to her. <laughs>
0: Uh, we won't speak of this here uh, good luck later i found like some fancy napkins in the um cabinet that said congratulations (laughs) it's like graduation i'm like i'm sorry i didn't give you congratulations but you had to use toilet paper i mean you had to use binder paper what's the last book you read or what are you currently reading Mm, i am currently reading the practice of the wild by gary snyder Oh, Ooh, it's amazing! Uh, it's right. from the '90s, which is okay. weird because I wasn't sure there was anything really like solid to hang on to in the '90s. But I, I mean, I'll take your
1: word for it. But I didn't think there was anything. Right? I mean, right?
0: <laughs> so let me tell you this. Like, okay, and this is another thing. Like that. Like speaks to how my children are. Like my heroes. Mm -hmm. But my 11-year-old daughter gave this to me, I think, for Christmas. And I've been hanging on to it because I had a bunch of books to read before Mm -hmm. I got to it. And um, I started reading it a couple nights ago. And the thing I love about it is it takes outdoor, the love of the outdoors, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and mixes it with environmentalism. And mixes it with religion. And mixes Uh it with the history of humankind that we've come away mm-hmm. from our way roots from. as indigenous mm-hmm. people that were wild. Mm-hmm. And I've only gotten through the first essay. It's a book of essays, but it's so deeply... The guy's a poet, too. Oh, and he hung out with Allen Ginsberg. And oh, wow. They, okay. Like, he was... In, in he New York? Was, no, no, in here India. in San Francisco. He okay. was... Um, on, when he was over here. Okay. So, like, he was friend, friends with the Beatniks, which, mm-hmm. by the way, like, my mom's father... His brothers hung out with that group. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. They were friends with my grandpa's brother who died from a heroin overdose. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's just family history and weird San Francisco lore. But um, it's been really back to the book and how cool it Uh is. It's been a really thoughtful book for me, just because the pandemic has had us hiking mm-hmm. like motherfuckers. Like we're just—that's mm-hmm. all we can do. With three yeah, kids, yeah. you know, we can't yep. do mm-hmm. anything except for hike. And we're in a beautiful place. I mean, half of it burned, but the other half is fine. The half is gorgeous. It's great. And in the burn scars, there are mushrooms growing. So there, there's yes. life in the, in the horror. There is. <laughs> oh my God. There's mushrooms in the burn scars, everyone. There are mushrooms in the burn scars. The burn scars. So, The Practice of the Wild, very good. One of the others that I recently... And your 11-year-old got you that book? Yeah. Uh, she's... Um, yeah, she's really special. She's... Okay, yeah. Yeah, she... I caught that detail. I was like, wait, wait. She <laughs> then, just... I don't know. She's. She has a knack. She's... Um, for life? I hope... Oh, I Sounds hope. Like. I mean, I'm trying to teach her and give her as mm-hmm. much good as I can. We'll see. I don't know. She She's a reader too. And she mm-hmm. also, like me, she like lives in, in like an internal world. And mm-hmm. I don't know why she picked it up or where, but like, you know, she we all hike together and we camp and, you mm-hmm. know, that's something we do. So I don't know if she really understood it as this is going to rock mom's spiritual world. Right, but more of just like, the the wild. <laughs> yeah, know. she just... We're hiking this year. Yeah, yeah. She, she picked it out, and I don't think I ever would have stumbled on it in any other way. It's a, Very cool. it's a really solid soul read. The other one I was going to mention was Recollections mm-hmm. of My Non-Existence by Rebecca Solnit, um, okay. also San Franciscan, but uh, just talks about like feminism in a way that you don't get scared by the word.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she talks about like, how women uh, erased in so many ways... Um, Mm -hmm. over time and their voices and stories can be just muted Mm -hmm. Um, it's a Mm -hmm. really neat memoir approach to um, an issue that a lot of people face
1: very cool cilantro yes or
0: no cilantro always 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 yeah, I don't know what else I need to say about it. I I am yeah. aware my daughter has the eleven year old has the thing. She has the okay. thing, and I feel okay. really bad because before I knew that I was feeding you kids cilantro. Her all the oh
1: yeah, and she's like, God, this what? tastes like I don't soap.
0: know. She didn't say anything. Um, well, she you might not know. Why would you know? Right. How would you know? And she didn't how would you know? know? They'll never know. And no. I think she was like six by the time. Like, mm-hmm. I think we were eating pho one time. And, like, okay, you know, yeah. the cilantro, you're just, like, uh-huh. and ripping like it and putting it off, it off. Oh, and right? she, she yep. was sitting there. She couldn't even touch it. She was sitting in the restaurant, like, going, this restaurant smells really bad. There's something wrong, Mom. And finally, we realized it was cilantro. I love it. And I, I love it. felt bad. I'd been feeding her cilantro for quite a while. I mean, in California, you've got the good Mexican food everywhere. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. Cilantro, I love it.
1: When you drink a latte, right? And you're you're going to a coffee shop and you're ordering a latte or a cappuccino or I don't know whatever, you know when 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 you're you know
0: when you're ordering your coffee. Do you drink coffee? Oh, I was in the coffee industry before I got okay, laid off right. into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. What milk? What milk do you order? Mm. Okay, first of all, mm-hmm. if I'm going to a coffee shop, I now know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. all about specialty coffee. So Mm -hmm. I'm only going to a coffee shop that uh, they are... Doing a pour over? uh, Yeah, that's going to be the best way I'm going to enjoy it. And therefore I will not adulterate my Mm -hmm. good coffee that has Mm -hmm. been fair trade and sustainably grown. mm -hmm. And and I'm not just saying that to be a jerk person. Mm -hmm. Like... Mm -hmm. I've met people who like roast for a living and it is their their calling to honor the bean because the farmers worked Uh so hard and Uh they brought it forth here and I'm not going to ruin it by roasting it too dark and Mm -hmm. therefore I no longer put any sort of milk in my coffee. Uh I drink it black. Now, every so often I will fail the specialty coffee community and i will <laughs> and i will get a latte or something but that's mostly if i'm on the road right uh-huh. now because you just don't want to go into any coffee shop while in california they don't let you mm-hmm. so like it's usually what coffee shop has a drive through oh starbucks yep. Ux, yes i need milk in it or i won't be able to drink mm-hmm. oh, it now yes, see you're a coffee shop person uh-huh. I, oh, am I talking shit to you? I'm sorry. No. No. <laughs> I ask
1: this question because it it gives me a guide into your soul when you, when I know what milk you order because I've been on the other end of this for so long. Oh.
2: Uh-huh. Mm. uh-huh.
1: Yes, I have 3 coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Um we just opened one in January.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's why I ask. I know a lot about you by what milk you order.
0: Yeah, no. And <laughs> I mean if the, I don't the order The coffee milk? drink.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's part of it too. Yeah. Anyway, that's funny. I'm unadulterated, at least in the coffee realm. Uh huh. -huh. I get it. When you drink, nope, that was my last question. Can you drive a
0: standard transmission? I can. So, my Uh mom has had a Fastback Mustang since she was 15.
1: (gasps) She still has it. Mm -hmm. She didn't crash it.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) She didn't let one of your siblings crash it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Oh, my goodness. OG owner. Yeah. So, she bought it. When she was 15 Mm -hmm. and it's funny. heart's committed. Oh, huh. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Hun, you have a way of picking out the one word. Holy fuck. (laughs) Is that woman committed? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay. So okay. her brother, her brother, she said, okay, I need you to help me because I'm only 15. I can't actually mm-hmm. legally buy this. And, and he mm-hmm. says, okay, fine. We're, we're writing a contract. You will not sell this car to anybody unless they're in the family. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's been the longstanding knowledge. It is the lore yeah. of my mom's the side family. of the family that like, that the Mustang could be yours if you are not an asshole. It doesn't mean she's going to give it to you. (laughs) No, to you. It just means you... you
1: you wouldn't even be in the running.
0: (laughs) You can't be in the running to potentially buy it someday Uh if you're an asshole. So, I learned how to drive a stick on that that early on, which I didn't... I mean, I knew it was cool. I just didn't know how cool. How cool. Right. uh, And it's a fastback, so it's pretty sexy. Yeah. 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 I remember my mom, like, I had just gotten on the main roads and she... um, She was in the passenger seat, and I Mm -hmm. had to do a full, complete stop and start up again Mm -hmm. on a hill. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, God, I learned how to do this in the city in San Francisco, where there are hills. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm in Modesto, where it's, like, completely flat, but there's this driveway. Okay, calm down, Mom. Some hot guy from school was there, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm sweating, like shooting he's out my s- armpits. He's gonna watch <laughs> me totally like fail, right? Yeah. But what I did is I gunned it, and so I peeled out, and it looked like I was a fucking badass. It was like, no. and I'm like, he came up to me later. He's like, nice car flared here. Yeah. I'm Like, thanks. thanks. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> I can I now that. drive at 18 miles an hour. <laughs> yes, I can drive a standard transmission. And I still, you know, I, I, I do every once in a while. But it's something mm-hmm. I'm a little proud of. Me too. Yeah.
1: Family of origin, obviously. Mm-hmm. Where are you in the birth order? Mm, what's your guess?
0: Third out of fourth. Jesus. No, you did research. No. You did uh-uh. research. Uh-uh. Stop. The, I love this. You're terrifying. I don't. <laughs> are you secretly psychic? Uh-uh. I am. I'm third of four. What else do you know about me? Well, no. You said you had a family of six. So I figured there are four kids. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So that that's tr- that that I didn't. But I f- okay. I figured out you we were. But I also have a cousin who might be my brother. So you know, oh, hey, is he or interesting. isn't he?
1: So why don't you you're tell? Probably, me? You're probably third out of fifth then, <laughs> or the third out of five. Like, right? No, he would be
2: the third. He's oh, like he three months older. Me.
1: <laughs> oh, God. That's a whole nother. Like, if you're um, listening, you I'm sorry. Called, if you've heard of the show called uh, Family Secrets with Danny Shapiro, I have you'll be heard on that show it. next. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: no, shit. No, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. Okay. okay do you have any more questions that I'm yes. not going to have ki- a horrible yes. response to? Yes. <laughs> what was your kindergarten teacher's name? Miss Julie. Oh, um, I have a weird kindergarten experience. That's where I skipped up a grade. Gosh. I, and I had Mrs. Smith before Miss Julie. So I was in one school district and my mom was like, you know, she can read, right? She can read. And the Mrs. Smith was like 80 and she was like, oh, every mom thinks that. And then when we moved, I was at the new school. Miss Julie like went up like, to my mom and was like, hey, lady. You know, mm-hmm. your kid is teaching the other children to read. Do you think she'd be okay with going to school all day? And my mom's like, sign me up. <laughs> so yeah. like, I got skipped up. So I had Miss Julie for maybe three weeks. But she's the one I remember because she was so sweet and she was so she saw me. Where I was about to say yeah, she saw you. She saw me. And here mm-hmm. I was this new kid that, like, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing anything special because I was pretty mm-hmm. shy. I know you can tell right I'm shy. <laughs> me too. Oh, by the way, I was shy when I was a kid. Too. I was so shy. <laughs> I was so shy. So shy. I wouldn't come out from behind my mother. Mm. <gasps>
1: Petrified. The world oh scared me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Miss Julie, yeah. she she did. Yeah. She was one of the first that saw mm. potential in me and she put me on a path to be constantly competing with people who are more well equipped and older than me. Thank you, Miss yeah. Julie. Thanks, Miss Julie. <laughs> What's your middle name? Are you gonna guess? Because you're going to be right. <laughs> give me a minute. Give me a minute. No. Oh, I'll give you a clue. My, my first name is Angela. Angela. Okay.
1: Nicole.
0: Uh, you got the um, syllables right. Mm-hmm. Mm, close. I, you're so oh. close. It's all right. I mean, I'll give, oh, uh, okay. I'll give okay. you this one. All right. It's, all right. it's okay. Monique. Oh, Angela Monique! Hi, people always do that. Is it like? Uh-huh. Brrr, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why Monique,
1: because <laughs> it's like it's not Monica. It's Monique. It's Monique.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like all of your other mm-hmm. awesome rapid fire questions that I ruin. Yeah. They're not rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I say they're rapid. fire I just said I questions. Story the that goes along with it. Mm. So my name was supposed to be Angelique. Okay. Uh, my mom mm-hmm. wanted to name me this, like this exotic first name Again,
1: angelique yeah
0: <laughs> but my dad is uh so dark brown that he's very self-conscious about being labeled latin because he's filipino which by the okay. way is latin um <laughs> also latin <laughs> with the indigenous okay um uh-huh. and so he he wouldn't let her name me angelique it was yeah. it was like no okay right because like i look so dark i mean you yeah. people on on the listening on a podcast can't see me, but I'm right. <laughs> I'm very light complected. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> yes, so, <you> are. <laughs> and in fact, when I think it was my birth, one of the mm-hmm. births, m- my father was asked if he was the bus driver. <laughs> yeah, because <Nice. laughs> why would this brown man be sitting here? It's the, uh, right, it's white lady. Oh. So anyway, I am Angela Monique uh, I love it. because the middle name could have some sort of exotic, while the first name just needed to be plain and simple. Angela, plain and simple. Angela. Yeah, and which Angie. I'm not, which is why I have no. to be Angie, guys. Yeah.
1: Yes, <sighs> and you're not Angela, and I'm also not Jessica.
0: Oh, that's your name. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm no kidding. one calls me. Je- I know. No, no, no i Jessica's. I'm sorry. No. But no, I'll be the first to tell you. I am so judgmental if you go by Jessica.
0: Right. Okay, like Jessica is Jessica Simpson. Can I tell you this? Okay, the, uh, yeah. Angela was a very popular name as Jessica uh-huh. was too, right? So uh-huh. like there were multiple Angelas all around. And uh, for some reason, the Angelas I knew did not wash their hair. Okay, why? I don't know. But they all had greasy hair. And I was like, I am not Angela. Not an Angela. I am not Angela of the greasy hair. I will not be known as Angela. I don't know what your issue with Jessica's are. But like for me in particular, like especially in my preteen years, I was, I was uh-huh. like, come on, Angela's. Get it together. Get
1: it together. Mine are, Jessica's are too high maintenance. Mm. Mm. Like, you have to say this whole long name. Like, what's wrong with Jess? Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. I don't know when I became Jesse. All of a sudden, I became Jesse at some point, I think in college. And I think it was actually a friend of mine in Massachusetts. I still lived there who was from Texas. And I think she's the one who started calling me Jesse. Yeah.
2: Because
1: it's very Southern.
0: I like it. I like that it's yeah. um, gender neutral mm-hmm. it could mm-hmm. be either way you know my
1: husband gets called jesse oh,
0: that's great yeah that's yeah. great yeah. i get it's really funny i get mistaken for a man pretty often because i'm tall mm-hmm. are you tall mm-hmm. five eight okay for, uh, for a for woman chick, that's yeah. tall we uh-huh. we would tell uh-huh. my five eight sister that she's short uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm tall in my family. Yeah, I'm tall. yeah. no. Um, as a tall as a tall woman, and I always mm-hmm. liked to keep my hair short. I would get mistaken mm-hmm. for a man pretty often. Mm-hmm. And I got a pretty strong jawline. I mean, I get it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were doing with the, like larger than double D boobies. Uh, yeah, like, same. I, yeah. It's just like okay, what letter though? Come on.
1: J. No, no, no. That was when I'm pregnant. I'm I'm like an H and I. Yeah, because I've gotten to K.
0: I've gotten to like J and K. I'm pregnant. K. I'm Mm -hmm. really glad we had this conversation because like it's not like I can see. Okay, guys, we're looking at each other right now, so we we can't see from. Yeah, we can't see boobs, boobs up. But like, (laughs) boobs. Like maybe if we had small boobs, we could see boobs. Oh my gosh! (laughs) You're right. Or yeah. if I was wearing a bra They'd be higher <laughs> <laughs> I am I promise I am I'm not that Zoom girl <laughs> Oh hey You know that meme Of the
1: lawyers Which one Say oh, I'm yeah. not a cat Yeah I know those guys In real life You do
0: Are they cats that, Those <laughs>
1: Nope. wasn't then Still not now <laughs> But yeah I love telling people That I'm like I know them Like that's in that Small town I used to live in Until oh, like a year and a half ago Oh wow So wait uh-huh. Where in Texas What were you that was in marfa texas mm, okay there, uh, Marfa's they were weird. In yeah i hear yeah we, I, yeah it is oh yeah and we left there about a year and a half ago oh. we're 250 miles to the east of that now yeah. um but yeah that whole meme there's it was just like rod i'm yeah. oh, like rod rod <gasps> he, uh, uh, judge ferguson is so deadpan I, I believe you have a filter on <laughs>
0: Now, yeah. is them, it, does it time. feel like a meme at that point? Or are you? Are you is it like surreal? Are you having like it was, cognitive dissonance it was, dealing with it? Yes. yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. We all, all of us for like, what? That's what? Funny.
0: He did a commercial? Like, what? Yeah. What? Anyway. I feel like Texas is huge, but I know mm-hmm. more people who have like famous ties in Texas mm-hmm. than anywhere else. I mean, is it just... I mean, I'm in California. Well, there are plenty of mm-hmm, famous people here. Mm-hmm, but why is it the mm-hmm. Texans have all the fun? We really do. I'm uh,
1: off. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, off recording. I can say, yeah, but like, all the people that have come into my coffee shop in this, you know, tiny town of Marfa, Texas was insane. You know, all the major celebrities. Yeah, totally. That, that, was, that was just that bizarre small town, though. No,
0: Marfa. but Marfa is its own thing. Like, it's a destination yes. in another self. Yes. It's like if Instagram
1: became a town.
0: No, and before Instagram, too. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It was, uh-huh. yeah. I remember my friend is from Midland and um, mm-hmm. I remember okay. she, she went to Marfa and took all these crazy photos. But this was mm-hmm. a time when like you would have like actually shown somebody the photo you printed out more readily than uh, it would have been yes. online. Because I didn't uh, yes. see it online. I think I saw or on her phone mm-hmm. or something. It just mm-hmm. was, it was before, before. Instagram yeah. was really there. Marfa was. Yep. yep. It was. Mm. Yep. yep. And it shall forever be memorialized with cat filters. Oh, God. Another, just
1: another layer of things to find out, Marfa. Uh, is the the cat meme guy? Oh my gosh. Cat meme guy and Martha. I If All
0: you right. can introduce me someday, you know, let me know. I will. Okay. All right. I'll,
1: I'll get, yeah, I'll see if I can get in with Rod. Yeah. Do you want to share social?
0: Instagram's fine. Um,
1: Angie.sparks.now. Okay, cool. cool. That's yeah. where people can find you. Yeah, they can cool. find me there. And I always remind everyone that um, you can find me at LaJoy Society, which is L A J O I E Society. That's my maiden name. Did you go over that? That's my maiden name. I didn't um, know yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah um did you rate the show this week i if did. not, go ahead thank you if not okay so angie did everyone else see like um, angie uh-huh be like angie and rate the show I I, I I talk about it i'll talk about every other week of like how important it is so i won't talk about the algorithms right now okay all right. all right everyone thanks for coming and we'll see you we'll we'll meet here again next week we don't see anybody <laughs> we'll meet here again next week
2: everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere i'd rather be than to be here all the things that made no sense felt so So